This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com back again chase how you doing buddy oh man i'm doing great the turkey season <laughs> has officially kicked off here and i have been after some birds to no avail so far <laughs> <laughs> uh they the, some of the birds have had other plans and i also today i actually went out and i did a, a public land hunt with one of my uh good friends so that was a little different we were uh had some treacherous terrain that we had to get through about 30 <laughs> minutes of walking through a swamp moccasin <laughs> infested swamp in the dark that we had to get back to this area so that that was fun and different um and we we did we had a little bit of action early on but i'm either we're just not very good callers or they were hinned up and we were kind of on the border of some public slash private land and several of the birds were roosted over in the private so we didn't even attempt to try to go after them uh, but we, I mean, we still had a good time. Like I said, we had, we had three or four birds gobbling on the roost, which is always fun. One played with us a little bit, but he must've been hinned up cause he ended up uh, moving on and we didn't really get on anything, uh, the rest of the morning, but Hey, it's, that's hunting. How are you well, doing, bud? I'm, 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 I'm barely keeping afloat, man. I'm the spring is blowing past me, man. I have not been outside since February 3rd or 4th or something like that. I went on that last squirrel hunt. That was the last time I was able to surface and uh, have fun, and I hope to rectify that this weekend. Actually, I am going to rectify that this weekend, but uh, it won't be chasing turkeys. I have got a brand-new uh, new canoe uh, kayak, and I am going to be chasing, uh, after, after years of you trying to convince me to do so, uh, I am going to finally start taking up again uh, inshore fishing. So... 
kind of kind of excited about that because I don't have a whole lot of time right now. Uh, I've got like maybe like a three four hour window to go do stuff, and most times it's like you know midday to mid afternoon, and that's not conducive to turkey hunting or any kind of hunting for that matter. So I grew up saltwater fishing, and I moved over here. There was a lot of other stuff to hunt, and there wasn't the case back where I was. So I think I kind of got blinders on because I was a broke college kid that's straight out of college, and I came over here and was like, okay, I can really only afford to do like one thing. So is that going to be turkey hunting? Is that going to be deer hunting? And I kind of had those blinders on, and I put all my energy into that. And now I'm grown, uh, officially an adult with a little bit of of spending money, and we got that kayak. And so I am really looking forward to saltwater fishing again because that was something I really enjoyed when I was was, uh, on the Georgia coast. Yeah, that's right, because I I remember early on listening to the podcast, and you you told some uh, cool stories of when you were younger – of fishing and your mom would have to call you in or uh, you were typical uh typical teenager sounded like uh fishing but yeah, yeah i mean i have been saltwater fishing whatever the past probably 15 years in the big bend area and it does offer a bunch of variety of fish especially if yeah. you're into the the redfish and trout uh we also get right. we get some snook in uh, every now and then you might have a tarpon come rolling. It depends on where you're at, um, a little bit further south from where I actually uh, fish out of, which is uh, Horseshoe Beach, Steenhatchee area. You, like I say, you'll get into some tarpon, and you get a little bit offshore. You get some mackerel, things like that. But you're going to be in a kayak, so you won't really be going too far offshore, I would assume. No. Unless you just no, get uh-uh. lost out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that would be the fitting end to Walter Lee. He kayaks out into the Gulf and never returns. Yeah, man. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I hope you uh, get out out there this weekend and get on some fish. I know you've been uh, putting in some work. You've been hitting all the, the Facebook pages and talking to people, <laughs> just posting pictures and stuff about what uh, type of lures that you bought. So yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, you've, you've got bit by the fishing bug a little bit here. So I'm hoping it pays off. Well, you know, the funny thing is, you know, Leighton, he grew up over here fishing the Gulf. So he'd, I'd hear all these stories of these big gator trout and these big bull reds. And, you know, back back home, man, you fish with a shrimp underneath a cork, and that was about it. And you'd catch redfish, and you'd catch trout. But it was it was relatively uneventful. There was no I, there was none of this, you know, tailing redfish in the flats and stuff, at least where I was, you know, my capabilities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I had a lot of blast. I mainly shark fished. Um, for any of the new listeners, I mainly shark fished. But my biggest passion when it comes to fishing has always been redfish. I have just got this obsession with redfish, and it, and it just it comes from one of my you know all time favorite memories was 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 centered around my father and I uh, catching some redfish. And um, when I got thinking about it, I got this kayak largely because you know Georgia had to have surgery, so the doctor is like you know you got to be careful with their hips, but they're fine. But you got to be you know you know, don't do anything stupid. And the kayaks that she likes to go out on, they're all curved tops and she just slides right off the side. And it seems like it'd be a little, a little hard on her. So we were selling the old kayak and I bought this big open top and I got to think about it. Like, man, it's big enough. I can take it out in the end of the, end of the Gulf. And I started thinking, Oh man, there's a lot of places around here. So I started joining some of the groups, dude. I've got to say this. I just want to give a shout out to saltwater fishermen. I don't know if I just lucked up and, and found an awesome group or not, but I don't know if too many outdoors groups outdoorsman groups that just volunteer loads of information like kayak fishermen do. I mean, I feel like I have I have gained in the last like week 10 years worth of knowledge on this area. It's incredible. Wow, that's awesome. 
I, uh, yeah. I've never, like I said, I, I actually bought a kayak myself last. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think of when this was. It was probably in August of 2018. And because I used to have a nice, like, center console, 20 foot shearwater. And I, I shoot, I used to fish in tournaments and right all kinds of stuff. And I kind of, like I said, when I started having kids and wasn't able to go as much, and I, it's not like I live right on the coast, it still takes a good hour and 20 minutes for me to get to wherever I'm going. And my boat was sitting there uh, for months at a time, not being used. And heck, I, it was one of them deals that someone offered me a price I couldn't refuse on my boat, so ended up selling it, and I hadn't done a whole lot of fishing since then in the last couple of years. To be honest, I've kind of focused more on the hunting because it's just, I've got so many spots so close to my house. Right. It's just so much easier, and and if you think about it, a lot of times when the deer hunting is good, it's also when a lot of the inshore fishing is good. I mean, like reds are in this area are supposed to be good, real good in like October or November. Well, that's, yeah. that's your best deer hunting. Yep. And it's just it's, sometimes it's just hard to break away. And some, same thing with some of the other guys that I fish with. They're kind of like, okay, they've, they're kind of more into hunting right now as well. So they're not wanting to break away during some of the prime hunting. So it's, it's been kind of difficult. But I was like, well, if I get a kayak, and I had always taken my boat out to some areas where I was like, man, mm-hmm. I could easily get a kayak mm-hmm. over here. Take me like five minutes of paddling to get over here and I mean I I slayed the redfish in these areas it's like you know those places where everybody gets in their boat and they yep. just haul butt like five or six yep. miles away from the boat ramp and this area I mean it was right there and everybody would pass right past us and we're sitting there just throwing I'm sitting there throwing a, a skitter walk uh chartreuse <laughs> skitter walk in this area and I mean we we're just tearing the gator trout and reds up in that area and it was just it was it was so fun and I was like well I can get back to that with this kayak. I just need, I haven't, like I said, I haven't even taken it out yet, uh, except for I have a little pond at my house that I took it out in with my daughter one day. We went out and paddled it around uh, one day just to make sure. I was like, okay, I can I can stand up in this thing if need be because I'm one of those guys that's, that likes to stand up. I'm not like a sit-down fisherman, bass fishing or uh, inshore stuff. So I really like to be able to stand up and kind of see some. So I, I wanted to make sure that the kayak I got, I could – definitely do that in and right. this one I can do that so that'll be a plus so I'm hoping like say you and I are hoping to be able to meet up in the future kind of in the middle that's that's the perfect part about this is you and I can we're a couple hours away from each other but we can both drive an hour and we can be in a spot and we can kind of fish together yeah so, no it, it's gonna be fun you are definitely through talking to you I'm like hey man what do you think about this lure and you're like oh I just run top water I'm like hey I got this this paddle bait what do you think about it oh I just run top water and it's, you are just obsessed with top water in the gulf man that's just your thing yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love topwater. I love the explosions. Uh, like I said, especially big trout or a redfish. I mean, it's just there's like in fishing, like I said, I don't really get the adrenaline rush in fishing that I do from a buck walking in. I've got a bow in hand and my heart's beating like a thousand beats uh, per minute when a buck comes in and I'm, I'm at full draw. Um, the only thing I can like kind of relate that to is me throwing a topwater plug on the water. Like I kind of I get that adrenaline rush when you're popping right. that top water across the water, and this just explosion comes out and hits your bait, and you're like fish on. At that moment, you're just like, okay, I've got to get this fish in 
because I know this is a big fish. Because a lot of times on your top water hits, it's that's what you're getting. You're getting the bigger fish. Now, every now and then you'll have some small stuff kind of pop at it or whatever. But you, when you have one of those huge explosions on your top water bait, I mean, there's just right. to me, there's just nothing better than that type it. of bite. But, I, I mean, I will fish with other stuff, especially there's certain parts of the year when you have a bunch of seaweed and all that the grass is kind of coming up into the area and you can't really throw a topwater plug because every time you toss it, it's like sticking on grass, uh, floating grass inshore. But anytime I get the chance to throw topwater, it doesn't matter if it's high noon or early in the morning or evening time, I'm going to have a topwater plug on. And, and I'm definitely going to have one rigged on for sure uh, in certain areas. But I know some people have some more luck or whatever with a golden spoon or mm-hmm. they may ha- you may throw a gulp. A lot of people like to throw a gulp with a popping cork. Catching that fish on top water is just the ultimate for me in fishing, especially uh, salt I, water. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I don't have any salt, salt water. I went – I had a really narrow budget. You know, we're, we're going to talk about this, I think, here in a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm still going to Colorado. I'm still buying some of the gear that's there. I'm, I'm coming on the tail end of that, thank God. But um, – so I had about 40 extra bucks I could spend on tackle, and I got a couple, you know, DOAs and a popping cork and a couple golden spoons and stuff. So this weekend, Derek Varnum, uh, if you're all looking for turkey content, by the way, uh, a new turkey hunter. It's a podcast uh, from uh, last spring. He's coming back down this weekend, and he's going to keep me company, and we're going to go down there and uh, check out some of these spots that people have. And I'm just going to say this. People haven't really given me spots. I've done a lot of due diligence and then asked the que- the careful question of, like, <laughs> am I looking for the right kind of features? And then I think people see someone who's putting in the effort and then just saying, hey, does anybody want to give me a spot? And then they volunteer, like, hey, you're, like, 300 yards off. Go look to the east. That's the structure you're trying to identify. Because this area, dude, I'm, I kind of sound like a saltwater noob. I'm not. I can catch saltwater fish. I have. I grew up on the coast. But this area around here, it's, like, it's flat as Florida. And that sounds funny, but <laughs> it's true, dude. Everything around here, like the terrain, three-foot tides. That's insane. Where I grew up, it was it was not uncommon to have ten and twelve foot tide swings, right? And and that just like I told my buddy, I was like, hey man, you know the tides, it's only going to be about a a two and three quarter foot change or something like that where we're going. He's like, oh, so basically slack water the whole time. I was like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's it's weird to me. It's just foreign, you know. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, it will be fun. You'll uh. And I, I've talked to a couple of uh, friends of mine uh, from work that they go out fishing all the time. I mean, they're they're yeah, hardcore. That's their thing, huh? And oh yeah, they they love uh, they love and they, they fish some of these uh, redfish tournaments that you see oh. some of the Big Ben redfish tournaments. And right, right. Th- I talked to one of them the other day, and they were saying that the trout bite was really good right now, and the and the reds were actually and were pretty good too. So well, there you go. hopefully, I mean, I don't know. You're up in like St. Mark's area, right? Uh, anywhere from Spring Warrior all the way out to Apalachicola. Okay, those are all those are all like West Apalachicola is an hour and fifty minutes, and Spring Warrior is an hour and twenty five minutes. So it's not like, I mean, the closest spot to me is fifty minutes. So an extra twenty minutes at that point, it doesn't really matter. So if any of the listeners want to write in and drop me some GPS coordinates, uh, I wouldn't uh, <laughs> wouldn't say no. <laughs> they might. This might be an area that <laughs> you don't want to be They're listening in. to this and they're like, gosh, there's another guy in the water. Hey, go stick, stick him in that backwater creek where we only catch stingrays. Yeah, it just depends, <laughs> dude. Could be, there, there's certain areas, like say on the Big Bend, that those guys, 
and it's weird because, you know, when you go offshore, when you're going like 20, 30 miles offshore to go catch a grouper because that's what you got to do in this area to get 40, 50 feet of water. And you're on this structure that you found, and then you have this boat, like, kind of come cruising by. Like, you can tell that they're, like, trying to get Uh GPS coordinates. And (laughs) my wife, I've fished with some of her uncles. I mean, they're all old. They're all between 65 and 75 years old out on the boat and oh my gosh they were swearing at these guys that were coming by the boat they they're they <laughs> were irate and i'm like okay guys y'all are like 65 75 you realize that boat's full of guys that are like 25 to 35 years old yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> you aren't young anymore but i mean they were giving it to them for passing by like say just trying to um I, yeah. what they were doing is trying to get some numbers so they could come back later and sit on that rock i'm sure but right. it, it's funny how some people they, they really are yeah, not everybody's as willing to give up their fishing honey holes as, as some of the others for sure yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure for sure I, and like i said these guys aren't really like hey here's my number one spot but when i asked them questions you could tell it was a you know like well let's nudge this guy in the, in the right direction and see how he, he pans out but you yeah. know you talked about you talked about you know how october november that's some of the best you know fishing around here i'm not gonna lie to you dude if i get this bug as bad as i am i might say to heck with all that hot weather all the time and i might go out there and 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 catch some of these fish dude and then because our rut doesn't start until december to 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 mid-january yeah yeah your area is a little bit different than mine yeah mine like i said it's full bore october (laughs) uh, november it's just it's not that i couldn't do it and now if i got an invite mate from somebody i would probably end up going with them fishing we're gonna test that theory but a lot of the times like i said i'm more of like oh i'm going out by myself right in a kayak not going with right. anybody or i can just go hunting five minutes from my house yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i get it and but i, I mean it. it's and I, I love to fish i mean i i really i cut my teeth kind of on bass fishing um me too but i didn't it wasn't i didn't even saltwater fish until i met my wife because uh, her dad he he liked to saltwater fish and we would go out because, I, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, he's got a, uh, he, he loves his airboat. He's got an airboat that we would take out so you can get as skinny as you want and those things for oh, sure. Nice. So he kind of got me hooked on catching reds and trout, all that inshore stuff. So I, I've got him to thank for that. But it's, I just haven't um, had that bug as bad these last couple of years, and I'd like to definitely get back out there and, start fishing again because my kids are kind of getting that age where I'll be able to take them out fishing and kind of still be able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Instead of playing captain the whole time or trying to like stop somebody (laughs) from getting hooked (laughs) in the face or they're about, they're about to get to the age where you can say, don't do this and reliably count that they might not do it. You know, exactly. And then, then daddy will have to be getting them another boat. But <laughs> until then, we'll just have to rely on maybe old Harvey Layton will take us out on his yeah. boat at some point. Yeah, oh, I'm already working on that. I'm already working on that. Matter of fact, I can guarantee you that's going to be happening because Elena, I, I, I suck, I sicked Elena on on him. She uh, uh, she wants to go back out on the boat and go catch red uh, red snapper. So okay. during the snapper season, he's already agreed we're going out on the boat, and uh, he's damn nice. near opened up a open invite to anybody who wants to go. So okay. We'll have to do that for sure, but oh yeah, you know, I, snapper. It, it's funny, and and I'm just gonna tee this up for people. You know, the state of Florida. The more we got to talking about it, man, 
we've got nine species of black bass. For people who don't know, black bass are your largemouth bass species, two of which are unique only to Florida. We've got peacock. I always want to call it parrot bass. Peacock <laughs> yeah, you bass. You know, we've got, uh, what's that other ugly looking fish down there that's invasive? That uh, snakehead. Right. But then you've got you've got dozens of, of, of brim fishing areas around here, especially, uh, you know, world-class crappie lakes, like right behind my freaking house. Yeah. And, dude, 20 minutes down the road, the largest on, on record red ear, uh, uh, red ear sunfish was caught. Just down the road. Okay. Um, and, and the water is just crystal clear blue spring water. I guess what I'm getting at is from that to going down to the Keys and everything, there's a lot of opportunities here for fishing. And that's something I used to really enjoy, and I think I'm going to start getting back into it. And the cool thing about that is I've got several Go, GoPros, and I'm rigging up ways to put these on the kayaks. And I think this might be the way that Chase and Tails maybe starts to dip their toes uh, in video content. And I'm sure that won't satisfy the hunters in this group, but don't worry. We're working on that as well. But um, it just it's going to be really easy to, you know, stick a GoPro up there, catch some fish, get some awesome footage of some beautiful areas, and, and bring that to you all. So uh, stay tuned. If you'd like to fish, I know we've got people up in Michigan and Wisconsin, and I put a little poll in the Chase and Tails group. I said, you know, how, how many of you all would be in favor of mixing in fishing and, and the the – Answer was about what I expected it to be. Most people wanted to see some of it from time to time. I had a lot of people send me messages and be like, hey, you know, don't turn it into a full-time fishing podcast. But, you know, in the summertime, we like to fish, and we liked hearing some of your saltwater stories from back in the day. So um, I'm going to round this out. It was supposed to be a fishing and hunting and fishing podcast, and uh, I'm going to do my part to do more fishing. So, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's chasing tails outdoors. So we yep. we never said that we were – a we never really kind of are you never really kind of just specified to one area like right bow hunter or whitetail right none of that's in the name it this is it's just the chasing tails outdoor so we're chasing any we could be chasing any type of tail that's hunting or fishing what i would like to say kind of tell the listeners is like we're definitely not experts in any of it like we we kind of have our areas (laughs) that we really kind of like but we're not experts by any means but we're going to try to get some people on that are right and they can tell they can kind of give some information and tell their stories and maybe some of the the listeners can get something good out of that but we're we're, like i said we're not trying to like put it out there that like god's gift to anything we just like to hunt and fish so that's it and we like to talk about it that, that's that's what you're getting out of Jason Dale's Outdoors. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be more well-rounded. It's going to be unique. And, uh, you know, Florida's just such a, an awesome place, man. It really is. Aside from the heat, I had a I had a, a old fellow kind of put me on blast for not appreciating the opportunities that I have while I'm here. And uh, so we're going to we're gonna rectify that. And, and one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I got was, was people wanted to hear more stories of mine, of yours, you know, of us, of Chasing Tales. And if that's what you want to hear, then fishing is going to be a part of it. So I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, well, well, you know, write me a letter, tell me why, and maybe we can come up with something, and we'll, or, we'll yeah, go from there. They, they don't have to listen to that episode. If yeah, really, yeah, if they're like, hey, there's a fishing episode. I don't want to know about redfish, right? But you, you may well, want to listen to that one to realize, hey, how much fun it is, especially if well, you've never and, tried it. Yeah, and and that 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 makes a natural segue between. Uh, what I was saying now, and, and, and uh, just kind of a little housekeeping thing here. In case y'all noticed, we changed the titles up. Um, I was always working hard to come up with some really creative titles, and one of the pieces of feedback that I got from people was that 
Um, they couldn't ever tell if they were going to be interested in the podcast because the title was kind of obscure. <laughs> right. Um, so that was my creative side kicking in. But uh, moving forward, the first few words of the podcast are going to tell you what the podcast is about. So since we're a diverse podcast, since we're going to be talking from anything from quail hunting to, you know, fly fishing for trout up in North Georgia, um, what I'm going to do is those first few words, specifically the first three, uh, are going to tell you about the podcast. So Chasing Tales, it'll, it'll always start off with like uh, the most recent one. It was Turkey Hunting and then the title of the podcast. So at a glance, you should be able to look down and without wasting your time or feeling like you, you, you've wasted your time, uh, you can look down and decide if you want to listen to that episode or if you just want to move on. And and I understand if you want to. If you want to move on, that's fine. Not Because we're such a generalist podcast, even if we didn't talk about Florida fishing, there's a chance that brown bear hunting on Kodiak Island may not interest you, you know. Um, but we hope that the next episode does. And um, I know, I know Jay Scott interested people because we got such positive feedback from that episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, like I said, Jay Scott's just one of those guys. I mean, he he's a professional. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he the guy just he, he's the, the expert. He he hunts everything. <laughs> it seems like and knows a lot about everything. And like I said, he yeah, has his own yeah. podcast, so he has a bunch of guests on that uh, has a bunch of information. So that that was awesome that he actually came on the show and was willing to do that. And and heck, he said he was willing to come back on the show. So we're hoping we can get him back on to maybe talk about like, maybe some elk or mule deer or coos deer, yeah. try to yeah. satisfy some of that need for the listeners. I mean, I've, I've never gone out there, but I, st- I still, I want to, I don't, I don't mind hearing stories every now and then or getting tactics of how to apply for tags like that sure. or sure. how to hunt these animals because I plan on going out there one day. I may not be able to get out there right now or maybe not even yeah, the next five yeah. years, but I can start making a plan because I was able to get good information from that podcast. So it was, like I said, it was great to uh, have Jay on the show and hopefully we can get some more listeners in here like that. We, we've reached out to some people, so we're, we're yep. kind of waiting back to, to hear from some potential big names, but <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> If they decide to come on, they come on. Great. If not, we're still going to keep rolling, and we're, we're going to have yeah, guys yeah. that have interest in, th- like I said, could be a Kodiak brown bear hunt in Alaska or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So Well, I've also got this guy that I, I met the other day, and we were chatting on Instagram. The Joker mails his kayak across the world, flies there, and then goes out and catches, like, freaking um, like tarpon and freaking – tuna and they're out there in the middle of this ocean with nothing around them and they've paddled all the way out there and then i'm still working on this guy who goes out and hunts himalayan snowcock i'm working this lead no one's ever heard of himalayan snowcock but it is it is first off the name just grabs you okay for (laughs) reasons we'll leave it like it is but you know there's been like 13 of them killed in the last 10 years and people go all the way across the globe to chase them so there's some crazy stuff that we've got listed, and then you've got a good buddy of yours coming on that's got a really funny story. So, yeah, you know, chasing tails. We'll see what we'll see what what comes of it. Yeah, yeah. We're like I said, it's going to go where it's going to go. We're 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 just kind of putting feelers out there right now. Yeah, yeah. Trying to end. Well, we need feedback from the listeners, so don't yes, don't shy away from giving us feedback. We'll, we'll absolutely. We, we we love constructive feedback. <laughs> Emphasis on the constructive. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, listen, so we're, we're talking about feedback. We've got a giveaway going on. I can't believe I've waited to the 25-minute, 26-minute mark to bring this up. 
but we've got one week left in this giveaway. You know, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's extend this giveaway until a week from when this episode drops because that just seems fair. So whenever this episode drops, you've got a week from that date. Um, does that sound good with, with you? Yeah, that sounds good to me because the the when we actually announced the giveaway on the J. Scott one, we we couldn't get it out for a few days because you were right, having some right. issues. So that, yep. that's fine. You have a week from the day that this episode drops. Leave us a, an iTunes review. Take a screenshot of it. This is important. Send it to us. And when you send that to us, that enters you into a drawing for a Flextone Jake decoy, an Outdoor Edge Leduck knife, a World Champion Lynch turkey call, a, a Lynch aluminum slate pot or aluminum pot call and two lynch diaphragm turkey calls okay that's all you've got to do all you've got to do is leave us a review take a screenshot and send it to us now every time we do one of these giveaways for for a review we've done two of them already in the past everybody who doesn't have itunes pitches a fit this is simple find someone in your life that you know i don't care if it's your aunt your uncle your brother your dad, the guy at the gas station who's got an iPhone, I know you know someone in your life, convince them to let you hold their phone for 30 seconds, leave a review, take a screenshot, send it to us, done. You're entered as well. Um, and we've got some good reviews. Chase, you had those queued up. What 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 uh, reviews did you want to highlight this episode? Uh, okay, well, there was uh, two of the most recent reviews is what I'll highlight. Uh, the first review comes from Hutch For Real. Uh, he gave us a five-star rating, and here's what he had to say. Listening to this, or she, listening to this podcast has been amazing. As a new hunter, trying to gain as much knowledge and wisdom from you guys has been the best help, setting me up for the seasons to come. In other words, never stop this podcast. So that that, <laughs> that was an awesome podcast that we got. Uh, thanks, uh, Hutch, for real. We have definitely, and he sent you a th- screenshot, so he yep. is entered in the uh, turkey giveaway. Uh, we appreciate that, especially for uh, new hunters. We we love it when new hunters kind of reach out to us, and we're we're trying to get information to you to you guys. And oh, don't be afraid to reach out to us. We may not know the answer, but we may know someone who does know the answer exactly. and can direct them to you. Uh, the other one is from Buckslayer sixty nine. Uh, He left us a five-star review, and here's what uh, he had to say. Fun podcast, great to listen to on the way to the woods. Just talking deer, turkey with the fellas. Fun stories and encounters. New listener, enjoyed it. Keep on keeping on. Well, uh, Buckslayer69, we uh, appreciate that. Uh, That's kind of what we're... Our goal is talking deer and turkey and other things uh, with each other and guests. So, and we do have some good stories and encounters, and uh, we appreciate that review. We also have you entered in for the uh, turkey spring into turkey giveaway. So we appreciate that. So you had a yeah. couple queued up as well. So um, yeah, yeah, no, there was, yeah, there was there were two uh, that I found that I thought were hysterical. Uh, one touches on uh, what has to be a fan, fa- the fan favorite of this podcast uh, to date is. Um, eight eight three R Ryan. It looks like here eight three Ryan. Love the podcast with Taylor. Had me cracking up about pooing in his saddle, and loved his info on urban whitetail tactics. Keep up the good content. Um, and then uh, Cruz AK says I've been following Walt since episode one. Wow, he's a seriously good guy and truly knows his stuff. Always entertaining. Love the hunting stories. I've clearly got one person fooled that I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but. Uh, 
you know, guys, I, I just want to say that those are the kind of reviews that, that tell us that we're on the right track, that let us know you enjoy the, the structure of this podcast, the direction of this podcast. And um, as it sits right now, uh, because that episode got out late, matter of fact, only two days ago when we were recording this, we've only got six people entered for this giveaway. So you've got $100 worth of, of uh, turkey giveaway stuff. I know that a lot of people's uh, turkey seasons haven't begun. They're they're still a week or two away from beginning. If you're in Pennsylvania, unfortunately for you, you have to wait till May, which is absurd. Um, you got plenty of time to utilize these calls, get used to them. Just leave us a review, and we appreciate it to the 80 people thus far that have taken the time out of their day to leave us a five star review. It's incredible, 80 people. Yeah, that that is awesome. I mean, most of that's you, so uh, I haven't been on that long. But <laughs> well, I can only leave one review. Oh, you're saying my yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Most of I'm glad to have you, you man. but hey, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. So we, we've got some new reviews. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's good to be a part of it, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more. Like I said, our our goal was to try to get to a hundred, but if we don't get yeah. to that, we still appreciate every review that we get, and and somebody's gonna get some uh, cool turkey gear. Dang right. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm I'm thrilled. So where do you want to take this from here, man? This is kind of a just a catching up with the, the co-hosts. We haven't had too many of these lately. What what, what do you think is a nice uh, segue from here? Yeah, we, we haven't really talked too much. I mean, it is turkey season, so I was thinking maybe we could possibly give a story of our own, talk about like maybe one of our favorite oh, turkey encounters. Dude, going back to our to the Chase and Tails roots, dude. I yeah, love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's do this. Since uh since you are the the newest face of of the podcast and everyone has been clamoring to get to know who you are. Oh, I'm do you sure. want to go first or do you want to save the best for last? Well, since mine involves a kill, <laughs> we might want to <laughs> save it for last. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep yours uh I'll go first. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go um, first. Oh, man, I guess, you know, turkey hunting is one of those things where the listeners really get to beat me up about it because I've had such a struggle with it. Um, oh, you know, dang, I should have prepared. For, I should have been more prepared for this, but. You should have oh. been. Well, here, how about this? Maybe I will ask you some questions do about turkey hunting, and maybe it'll kind of spark your memory. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. How about this? Question number one: What is your favorite turkey call? What do you What do you take out into the woods, or what are you best with out the turkey woods, calling wise? Oh man. Okay, so I am terrible with diaphragms. I've got a little bit of hope in my in my heart that uh, I ordered a, a Phelps game call uh, diaphragm for elk hunting, and it's got that little dome in it, which helps keep the the separation from the top of your mouth the same. Okay. Um, and I can get that thing to squeal beautifully, and they've got turkey calls that match that, so. I can't run a diaphragm call to save my soul, but I have got, and Leighton Harvey bought it for me. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is a a uh, pot call, a little slate call, but it's made with a stone. It's not made with slate. It's some kind of like granite-style stone, okay. and it's got a cherry wood striker that goes with it, man. And it is one of those that just, you hear a lot of good turkey calls, you hear a lot of great turkey calls, but then there's like a functional turkey call. And this one is as close to that legendary call that if you are a listener, a long-time listener, and you remember those very early episodes, Leighton has this incredible slate call that is just magic. You just, it is, I think, the most perfect turkey-sounding call from a functional standpoint. If you were in a turkey calling contest, maybe you wouldn't use it, but the way it sounds in the woods is just incredible. And he, he handpicked this one out, 
uh, for me. Bought it for me as a gift two years back, and uh, or actually last spring, actually. feels like it was two years ago, but last spring he bought it for me. And it is just, no matter where you put the striker, it just sings beautifully. And the turkeys around here seem to respond to it really well. So pot call, it's a granite stone call. I'll uh, I'll take a photo of that uh, later and, and post it to Facebook. I can't remember who makes it. I think it's Reynolds, actually. I think it's Reynolds Game Calls. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, well, second question. What's up? Do you decoys, no decoys? It's it's a weird situation for me. I don't run decoys because I don't want to carry them. That's just the honest to God truth. I don't want to carry a decoy, okay. and the I ones that I've got are super are super cheap. Um, and the one encounter I had with a turkey, he that he here in Florida, he was very skittish of the of the decoy. He came up over the hill, saw the decoy, and and spooked. And I know he didn't see me because and spooked because he was coming up the hill, and I was already laid eyes on him. And he's coming up. He saw that decoy and just tucked tail and ran. Um, so I, I just I don't I'm not a fan of decoys in this area. I think it's just the the birds are so concentrated here. You got little dense pockets of birds and you got a lot of avid turkey hunters. So I think what happens is people just get they they hammer them so so often that you just end up with very uh, um, vocally shy birds and decoy shy birds in the general as a general rule. Uh, God, man, I'm trying to come up with a story that I haven't told on the podcast, and I feel like I've shared all of them. I'm sitting here racking my brain. I don't do a whole lot of turkey hunting, so why don't right. we just flip the script? Why don't we flip the script? I already said that people wanted to get to know you. Why don't you tell us how you got into turkey hunting? Okay. Well, I got into turkey hunting, like all hunting, and it was through my father-in-law. Like I said, he is a turkey hunting nut and a whitetail nut so when i met my wife i was i found out i was like oh she told me it's like oh yeah my dad's a big hunter and i had not hunted really a day in my life other than for some squirrels and stuff like that as a kid with a 22 um like because i wasn't (laughs) raised in a in a hunting family and just you didn't really associate with hunters like there was never a chance for me to kind of go or to get up with somebody that hunted or I was never taken right. out with anybody I, like I, said, I didn't start hunting until I was ooh, 20 21 years old probably um, I'm 35 right now I don't think I've ever told anybody on the podcast uh, I'm an old man and <laughs> anyway so he got me into turkey hunting and it's kind of like the like the whitetail hunting he 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 had been hunting for 25 30 years. He didn't he was my mentor, but he really didn't do a whole lot as of like telling me, "Okay, this is this is this may happen or that may happen. This is what you want to take out. This is what you want to do." Now, now he gave me some turkey stuff. He's like, "Oh, here's a call. Here's a call." Um kind of like a little right. one or two minute blip on how to use it. Okay, my first ever turkey hunt was alone. I mean, you know what I mean? It wasn't with somebody. Like he right. he was uh, he actually went and hunted a couple of times with Mossy Oak in uh, Jacksonville for a oh, wow. like a charity hunt. So he got to hunt with uh, Toxie and Cuz and some of those uh, some of those other guys from somebody for, through some people that he knew, which was awesome. I actually went out the the very first time that I actually went out. I was by myself. And what's the funny part was is, like, I actually I went out with him kind of like the morning before. He's kind of like, okay, this is kind of how you want to set up as, like, a scouting mission. And if you wouldn't believe it, but I'm sitting in this, like, little corner, and he was kind of sitting beside me. And 
all of a sudden this gobbler hammers off. Like it sounds like he's 25, 30 yards away from where we're at. And some hens. The hens fly down. The gobbler, he flies down. Literally, they're 10 yards from me. I'm sitting by a tree, and I've got a huge gobbler, probably a 11, 12-inch beard with eight or nine hens, and they're like at 10 yards. This is like my first ever experience with uh, turkeys. He's strutting, doing his thing. He's following the hens. He'd gobble every now and then. I mean, we weren't calling to him or anything. I mean, it wasn't season. The next morning was season. We were just out kind of scouting, trying to see if we could hear a bird gobble <laughs> to, to make a game plan for the very next morning. All right, game plan is I'm going to set up in that spot where these birds flew down 10 yards in front of me the next day. Well, those birds, I don't even think we're in the same county the very next day, <laughs> my, my very first hunt. I, I heard some birds gobble that hunt. And actually heard somebody take a shot kind of off the property. But I didn't get on uh, any birds that day. But I did that season. But most everything I did at the beginning was by myself. It was kind of like trial and error because he, he had some areas that he was hunting. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know that he was necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go hunting with him all the time because he wanted to go kill birds at the same time. So uh, it was just one of the deals where I kind of had to – find YouTube or talk to some guys at work that were turkey hunters <laughs> just to even come close to being good at anything. Um, I was good with a, uh, like a diaphragm call pretty much right away. Um, I did right. pick that up pretty quick. Uh, I do. I, I like kind of using a slate call. Um, my father-in-law gave me the slate call from a guy that's made calls for him for years. Uh, he's not, he's just one of those kind of underground guys, you know, that they right, make turkey right, calls right. and uh, a select few people get them. Um, and it's a beautiful turkey. It's made out of like cherry wood. Um, it's it's a slate, and it's I I like it because it's it's kind of like my locator call because it's it can be super loud. I mean it can it can reach out there and touch them. Like I said, I'll use my my diaphragm calls as well. I really don't use a I hardly ever use a box call or um, some of the other turkey calls. It right. is out there, but yeah, I mean that's kind of. I got started into turkey hunting just based on, hey, man, it, turkey hunting's fun. You should do it. Um, kind of like here's the keys to the 18-wheeler. Um, have fun trying to drive it. But, uh, and like I said, I think that kind of helped me as a turkey hunter because you don't really pick up tendencies from other people. There were some things that I did maybe that wouldn't be like your prototypical stuff, but uh, some of that stuff worked, which – some guys, are they'll go out, and they're kind of like, okay, well, the turkey's not responding. I'm just going to leave it alone, or we'll come back later to right, it. Right. Or I'm more of, okay, that turkey's gobbling. I've got to get to it. Kind of uh, the how I cut my teeth on turkey hunting, so now we're talking, whatever, 13, 14 years later. I still feel like the, the more <laughs> I know about turkey hunting, the less I know about turkey hunting. Uh, it's one of them deals where some years uh, I'm, I'm on fire, and I tag out like, two hunts in a row and then other years I, it kind of drags on and it may take me a little bit while to get birds because a lot of the birds here kind of get hinned up early on it's it's kind of difficult to call a bird when he's got like eight or nine hens with him and like i said he's not gonna if you got eight or nine girlfriends and you're getting called by one of them you're not gonna be like oh i'm just i'm gonna go to the one <laughs> yeah yeah she's the one well they don't they don't play that way in nature that's that's kind of how I got started. Um, if you want, I mean, I can tell a story, a cool yeah. Why don't you do that turkey hunting story? This story, I, this is probably like one of the first years that kind of you and I met. I, and I've had some awesome stories. Like I've hunted, and later on, I, I went out and I hunted with some of my some of my buddies from work. And shoot, one of them, he was a new turkey hunter too. So we were just going out there having a good time. We thought it was hilarious. 
Um, probably <laughs> calling way too much, just trying to – it's like, oh, did that sound good, dude? Like he'd get uh, like 50 yards away and I'd make a call or he'd make a call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounded great, man. That sounded great. So I'm just going to do one where I went out by myself because a lot of the times I'm going out uh, turkey hunting by myself. Although right a lot, it's – I mean, it's – obviously it's usually more fun when you got somebody to share it with. But I've just done – I've been able to do so many by myself that um, I, I've got a lot of stories. So this one was from a couple of years ago. There was an area in this. This was actually in one of my uh, my hunting leases that I uh, have that I talked about um, deer hunting with. And it's like I said, it's only five minutes from my house. And so in the afternoons, I would kind of I would drive in there pretty much almost every afternoon during turkey season because I know some strut areas that they like to go. So I'm going to give it a chance no matter what. Even if I hadn't seen a bird all season, I'm still pretty much going to drive in there because today could be the day. I drive in. And I get to an area where I can just kind of drive my truck and kind of peek uh, through some trees and see if there was any birds. Well, I saw a strutter out in this pasture with four or five hens. And I'm like, okay, at this point, I'm probably four or 500 yards away. But there is a ton of pine trees that get to that pasture. Like the pasture kind of butts up uh, to a bunch of planted pines. So I was like, okay, well, my game plan is I'm just going to cut through these pines. I'm going to get to an area, kind of get set up, and see if I can it, get that bird to respond any to my calling, which I didn't really figure that he would respond to the calling. But sometimes you never know. I mean, I, I've, I've had it to where they'll respond real quick and kind of break away from the hens just enough right. to get a shot. Um, they may not leave the hens very much, but they'll break away 40 or 50 yards, and that could be the difference. I get to an area. I, I call a little bit. Well, he never responds to any of my callings, but I know he's out there. At this point, I knew I was going to have to belly crawl. And I, I'm one of those guys that is the Mr. I'm going to get after it, so it doesn't really matter what it is. I'm shedding my pack. I'm all At this point, all I've got is I basically have – I've got my camo on, obviously, and I've got my mouth call in and my shotgun. And I am crawling on my stomach through – Pine needles, briars, it doesn't matter. I pr probably picked up uh, red bugs and every, everything else that you can imagine. I'm crawling through this stuff, and I know <laughs> I was like, well, I've got to make it probably 70 or 80 yards through this stuff. And I knew he had four or five hens, so I'm like, well, any type of movement down here, and the birds are gone. You know what I mean? Th yeah. They're skittish yeah. as all get out. So anything, and boom, it, it, your, your hunt's over. So – I'm as low as I can army crawl into this area. Well, I would probably crawl maybe 10 feet, and, and then I'd kind of try to glass with my binoculars and see if I could see them. Well, I could still see them out there, but there was a, the fence, the fence that kind of that keeps the, the cows in the pastures, Bob Bar fence, he was very close to it. And like I said, there was kind of some shrubbery and stuff on the fence line. So it was kind of I could just see through a little bit of pockets to kind of pick out, okay, he's still strutting out there. They haven't moved on. They were staying in the same area. So I kept crawling, and I got to this area where I was almost to the fire break because there was a fire break that went up to the fence, and I was just a couple yards in the pines where it was at, and I could still tell they were there. Well, finally, I'm like, okay, well, I'm st I still have no shot. I had called once or twice, gotten no response, except for he's just, str he's just staying in full strut in this pasture. I move into that fire lane. I get up to the fence a little bit well at this point one of the hens sees me and she's like throws her heads up and she starts making that little peck peck like little mm -hmm. alert call 
to everybody, and I'm like, uh-oh, this is fixing to be over. And I've just <laughs> spent the last 30 minutes crawling on my stomach to get to this bird <laughs> to uh, no avail. I, what do I do? I'm like, well, bump it. I'm just going to stand up and see if I can get a shot uh, at this bird. So I stand up, run to the, the barbed wire fence, and all of this is still a part of the, the club. It's just they have turned some of it into cow pasture. So I run up to this fence, lean over, and I can see the gobbler. He's probably like 20, 20 yards away from me. He had been alerted. So he kind of looks at me for a split second. Well, I try to take a shot at this bird because, I, I mean, I had my gun. I throw the gun up, try to take a shot. Well, I don't even think my – like my – I wasn't even, didn't even have my head on the gun or nothing. I just, like this desperation shot, I guess. I don't even know why I pulled the trigger on this bird. I was like, well, he's 20 yards. Maybe I'll get a, maybe I'll get a hit at him. Like leaning over a barbed wire fence as a turkey is like already like weaving and wobbling everywhere, like trying to get away from whatever this uh, thing is that's trying to get to him. So I pull the trigger, <laughs> miss. Uh, the turkey takes off. Like he takes off down this fence line. Don't try this at home, folks. For some reason, I'm not really sure why, I decided today's the day that Chase is going to outrun a turkey. He takes off. He's running a straight line. So what do I do? I just take off on a full sprint after him. I mean, I am running as fast as I possibly can. He cuts out in this fire lane. I'm like, well, okay, well, he's fixing to cut back into the pine trees. Well, he doesn't cut back into the pine trees. And he just stays running on a full sprint down this fire break so I'm still I'm huffing and puffing behind him I mean I'm running as literally as fast as I possibly can which has never been really that fast but I at that mind I feel like I'm like an Olympic sprinter at that point because I felt like I was hauling after this bird and he was kind of uh, I never was like getting close to him like the the distance kind of stayed the same the entire time and I'm thinking right okay well he's fixing to disappear at any time well I'm in pretty decent shape but when, when you've sprinted in your hunting boots for probably 100 to 120 yards, like on a dead sprint, carrying a gun and everything else, eventually your body goes, uh, hey, buddy, you're not in shape for this. <laughs> what are you doing? So I, I feel like I'm gasping for air at this point. So I'm like, it's now or never. Either I take a shot or I let the bird go away. So I just stop, lift the gun up, get the bead on the turkey's head, pull the trigger, and I'm not going to say how far he was, unless you just want me to say how far he was for the views. Yeah. He, he was probably between 60 and 70 yards away at this point. Nice. I didn't really know how far he was. Well, I pull the trigger and poof, just roll the bird dead. Dead as a doornail right there. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then I'm thinking, <laughs> of myself, I was like, what did I just do? I was like, I just sprinted with a shotgun safety off for like 120 yards could have tripped could have <laughs> fell could have blown my face off I don't know what made me do that but something made me do it I mean it worked out but that's not that's not like your typical like successful turkey hunt that's not like oh I called him in they came into my decoys I shot him at 20 yards that's one of the many turkey stories that I have and Just so y'all know, too many of stories, a Chase's stories end like this with some kind of absurd way <laughs> of ending it, where he chases down an animal or something like that. It's just it, he doesn't do anything normally. Well, definitely not with dude, with turkey. It very rarely does it seem like it's a normal like hunt. Like I, I'll talk to some of my buddies, and I've I've had a couple that have already had success this season, 
and it's just like your prototypical turkey hunt. Like they walk in the woods, they they hit their mm-hmm. owl hooter, mm-hmm. a bird gobbles, they get close to it, get their stuff set up, and bird flies down, walks, comes in, oblivious, straight to them, gobbling like a hundred times, <laughs> straight to their decoys. They shoot at it like fifteen yards, and I'm like, geez, man. I'm like, well. I mean, I guess there's more than one way to get it done. <laughs> and and I've had that happen, but it's like it seems like more than not, there's always some story that ends up with me belly crawling 100 yards trying to get closer to a bird or doing something else uh, unconventional like having to have a buddy there where he's 50 yards this way and you're across the way hoping that maybe you get this bird on the fly down because you, you've roosted him, but he never comes in. Right. Um, it's just always some type of strange tactic or just, who knows, maybe just my calling's horrible. I don't know. I mean, I've never really <laughs> had anybody tell me that. But <laughs> Mine maybe. is definitely average at best. So, I mean, I feel like I practice some, but it's just one of them weird deals where, like, usually pretty much – a lot of stuff comes easy to me. Like I said, I've always been athletic. I've always played sports, and just all of that came easy to me. Well, when I got into hunting, I got like a <laughs> a wake up call to like <laughs> thinking that everything was going to be easy for me. Because <laughs> I, I'm, and I've always been kind of lucky too. So I just figured I was like, oh well, when I go hunting, there's going to be a big ten point that steps out, and I'm going to shoot it, and that, that's going to be it. And then I was like, well. That, this is not how hunting goes. <laughs> yeah, this this isn't the way it is. Now, and uh, to be honest with you, I've probably never worked as hard as I have for for hunting either. Like uh, as much as effort as I put into it, you know this. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. all the time out scouting, or I mean, even before turkey season, like I was out looking for birds. And during the season, I'm constantly sc- scouting, stop, looking dude. for sign. I was out stop. this afternoon. Looking at an area that I've kind of got, say, I'm hoping to have saved for you when you come down. We hadn't been seeing any birds. Well, there was a strutter out there this afternoon, but I was like, hey, dude, I'm I'm fixing to go after the strutter. I'll call you back later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, I had my son with me, so I I could have got it done, but it would have involved me crawling on my belly for 100 years. You know what I mean? It was like the bird hung up out there. He was strutting. He wasn't an old bird. He he had like a seven or eight-inch beard. And and he would – his response to the call would he'd be puff up and strut, but – it was, I mean, it was probably 5 o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of times in the afternoons, they, they don't really gobble. They'll, like, recognize you that you're calling, and they'll strut and say, hey, I'm over here. You need to come to me. And it seems right. like an even, they're not as fired up in the, the afternoon as they are in the morning time. I mean, I've had a lot of good good memories hunting, and some of my best are one of our future guests of the show. He's going to come on and tell a story of his from – last year which is an awesome story and me and him are going to kind of get to reminisce about some of our turkey hunts as well because we've had some awesome turkey hunts together that's my uh, turkey story for you guys dang man well there you have it better better lucky than good that's 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 my (laughs) motto (laughs) well you know they say that hard uh, what what is luck it's when hard work and preparation meet at the same time you know and dude honest to god i've never seen somebody that is so enamored with the outdoors and constantly out there. You know, luckily your career choice gives you a lot of free time too. You know, oh yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, <laughs> I couldn't have picked a better career for ha- having no. to be out in the woods as much uh-uh. as I as I possibly get out there. It's 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 been great, and I I, I definitely don't regret it. It's, it's I mean, and it's a great profession, anyways. I mean, you get to help people. 
uh, all the time, but there you do get a lot of time off. And, and fortunately, I have a wife that understands that I have that itch, and she doesn't give me too hard of a time to get out there either. <laughs> that's that's one of the other things I was blessed with yeah. is a wife that yeah. kind of she lets me get out there, and and everything's kind of close to the house. So it's just so many things that kind of lined up where I don't have to be gone for a whole day to go hunting. I can be gone for a few <laughs> yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those yeah. things that line up that you're like, oh, man, this this is great. This is <laughs> this is awesome. Kind of like when you were talking about how Jay Scott lives the dream. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of live the dream, but, <laughs> but not to the extent of him. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully Florida, one day. The Florida whitetail dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Florida outdoorsman dream. Yeah, the, yeah. the Florida outdoorsman dream. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good, man. It's great. I'm, I'm glad I can uh, – I, and that's kind of why I kind of like, hey, I want to kind of be on the podcast. I've got a bunch yeah. of stories to tell and can can add stuff, and, and some of it's comical. Yeah, no, I I think it's going to be awesome, man. I'm really excited. I'm glad to have you on board because I feel like every time we talk on the phone, you've got some kind of story like that, and we're always sharing back and forth. The you know we're constantly in contact, sharing these you know blunders or successes or encounters, just just a, as a general whole rule. And the cool thing is, I feel like, and I don't know if this ha- is reciprocated on your end, but I feel like whenever I get like a little bit like, God, you know, maybe I don't want to go outside today. It's kind of hot, you know. Maybe I don't want to go do something. Something like, you're like, Hey, did you shoot your bow today? I'm like, Ah, okay, let's go. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> T- I try, I try to carbon. give you some uh, motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like, always, oh, hey man, you shoot or yeah, or yeah. hey. One thing that I would like you to talk about to uh, the listeners before we kind of sign off is yeah. you're going on your elk trip, Colorado this year. Unfortunately, I won't be able to tag along. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Yeah. And where are you at right now? Or h- how is the, your, your physical training going gear-wise? Um, maybe just give us like a small little four or five-minute uh, update on how everything's going with that. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So this has kind of been a tedious process for me because it's no secret that time is limited for me, and I'm also not able to really hit a gym. So I have really focused on my diet. I've managed to lose uh, approximately 10 pounds, which is awesome. And uh, I got some new running shoes. I I got my my, my knee rehabbed where it doesn't hurt anymore, and I have started a couch to 5K program. Now, there's going to be people that are sitting there like, <laughs> if this guy's starting with a couch to 5K program, there's no way he's going to make it. Well, there's two reasons for that. One, I'm trying to build a habit, right? And and for me, it's easier to chip away at a 30-minute walk-run routine for a couple days and, you know, build up the tolerance in my in my ankles and my knees and everything. And I, I'm a heavy dude right now as it is, so I don't need to be out there just, you know, pounding for hours on end. Um, so I'm doing the couch to to 5k which is an eight-week program i'm a week into it just last night i was running and jogging and i was on the phone the whole time which day one i could barely breathe so um i'm responding well i'm, I'm optimistic and in, in seven weeks i should be capable of running a 5k without stopping um, my goal is to lose another 25 more pounds before colorado it should it should with the addition of running and, and some better dieting uh i should be able to hit it so um, I'm definitely not ready for the mountain. I'm definitely a long ways away, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going, man. It's going, I'm starting to feel like I've got a pretty good groove and, uh, we should see some progress here shortly. Yeah. Well, you, you got to start somewhere and from everything that I've read and I mean, I've kind of been big into working out and things is you got to get that routine, something that you're willing to do on a consistent basis and you want to start out slow. You don't want yeah. to, yeah beat your body up to where 
the next day you don't want to work out or you, you take a week off because you, you have an injury. So you, you don't want any of that to happen because you, you want to be able to go on this hunt. So the best thing to do is you, you got a ways to go. So take it slow and get into a routine that you're going you're gonna to keep doing kind of like the uh, old Cam Haynes. He's just he's like, hey, man, get out there. you got to be consistent and get, yeah. get it in. you got to grind or keep hammering, whatever whatever his right. thing is. Right. Um, but he's out and he's a good motivational guy to kind of look at because he's out there every day getting after. I mean, on a whole different yeah. level than obviously we are. But yep. he's just motivating. He wants to motivate people, too. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just do something. Get out there. Do something. Um, be produ- be productive. And I think that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're getting out there. You're going to be getting at it. And hopefully you'll be prepped for this. hunt. I mean, and you're not hunting right you're just going out to observe and be yep. a part of it yep. to kind of see the yep. whole process tag along it's gonna be a tag along hunt so um i'm gonna go out there and learn how to camp learn how to backcountry camp i'm gonna soak up a bunch of wisdom from my uncle uh derek is convinced he's gonna buy a tag when he goes which is fine if he wants to buy a tag that's that's his purview um yeah but uh yeah it's it's funny Zach Farinball is on a podcast somewhere, or he's on his YouTube show from the hunting public, and he's like, "You got to there's so many different factors to try and control when you're hunting and you're in the outdoors." And he said, "You got to pick one thing, one thing that you can use to your advantage and own it every hunt." And I started thinking about that. In life, there's probably more of that that we could do. And for me, I've got all these different things that people are like, oh, you got to get your carbs down real low and then you got to stock up right before you got to go. And you got to be able to do 92 burpees in a 30 second interval if you're not going to be ready. And you oh, you also have to be running like 10 miles a day every day backwards. And it has to be a five minute mile. You know, like there's you're bombarded with all these things that you have to do. And I just don't have time right now. Right. Like I'm beginning the process of going out west. So for me, I've just kind of focused on I'm going to run. I'm going to get my cardio going get my legs in shape as much as possible, and focus on my core. And the rest of it is just going to be what it is. If I find myself with more time and I can, you know, pump iron and get to town, fine. But if not, I'm going to get my my cardio in the best physical shape it can be, and I'm going to get my legs and my core in the best physical shape I possibly can. And I can do that at home. And I can and it's free, and, and I can do squats at the office if I have to. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do is I'm trying to own uh, my cardio and my, my core strength. So. Cool. That's awesome. Well, hey, you got a good yeah. plan. Yeah. All right, man. Well, well, I think we've been on here for a while. So. Yeah, and I, th- I think I hear the pup uh, stretching the limits of my, my wife in there, so she's she's been watching the pup. So why don't we uh, wrap this up and uh, sign off? What do you think? Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, this has been a little bit of a BS podcast. I'm sure there's going to be more of these to come, probably more variations of stories and tales and, and, and our own adventures, where we are, where we're going. Just – you know, fun, fun little casual podcast like this, and that's one of the benefits of having Chase on, which, again, I've said it, I don't know, a hundred times already in the last, like, five episodes. I'm amped to have him be a part of it. Um, so until next time, I'm Walt. Y'all get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Later. <laughs>